0: Lincolnshire,
1: non-league radio,
0: the home of live commentary on lower league football in South Lincolnshire. Hello and welcome to the Lincolnshire Non-League Radio Podcast, sponsored by DWB, Timber Engineering and Angels Texas of Boston. My name is Tom, commentator on the station, and today we are joined by someone who has been at three of our featured clubs as a player or manager slash coach, including Holbeach, Deepin and Spalding. It's Danny Hussey. Firstly, Danny, thanks for coming on. How are
1: you? Yeah, hi, Tom. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you.
0: So in this podcast, we'll talk about Danny's time with some of the station's featured clubs, his time in the game, and also at the end, there'll be the football pub quiz. So, Danny, you've played for and managed some of our featured clubs, as I've just said, like Holbeach, Deeping, and Spalding. I mean, looking at the season so far for those clubs, I think the one which probably sticks out to a lot of people is probably Holbeach. They're not doing very well at the moment. I mean, we won't speculate about why this is happening, but... It's not a great place to be at the moment, is it?
1: No, I mean, yeah, you know, I've I've been down to, to see the whole beach and to obviously meet a lot of my old my old friends um, over over the season. I've been there sort of two or three times, um, and yeah, you know, they are they are struggling on on the pitch at the moment, which is you know, which is a shame. And obviously, the, the league position doesn't lie in a sense of of, of points and, and games won or lost, etc you know, on, on the, on the other side of it, I suppose as, as, as clubhouse and foundations go, they're in a, they're, they're in an amazing place with, you know, the, the youth facilities and the, the clubhouse that's now been redeveloped and, and is, you know, is, is an amazing place to go into. Um, and I believe the changing rooms were, were also sort of done. So, you know, really the pitch side is, is, has been disappointing for, for the overall sort of, um, strategy, I suppose, the whole, which you set out. So it's, uh, it's a shame in that sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the start of the season, Darren was saying to me, the other commentator on the station, he uh, he was saying that at the last ten years, there's only been one season where Holbeach haven't finished in the top half of the league. I mean, considering where they are now, that is kind of really upsetting to see. Yeah, it,
1: it is, and again, you know, you can you could talk about you know sort of. F- footballing and, and, and the way it's gone but it, it, it's it, from, from where we were um, you know many years ago and as Darren said there is he's, he's right we've always been uh, a team that has sat in that top half and, and mere so probably the top sort of six really um, in, in the league we've always been one of those sides that I think um, people dreaded going to because you know a lot of the local lads when we was playing and, and then that you know were we're all local lads, a bit a bit i suppose a bit like the sleaford um project at the moment um and, and it was a it was a, not a nice place to go as a as a, as a, as a visiting player in that sense and uh, you know we were we were we were good you know good teams there's been some really really good teams and some good sides now we've taken a different different approach this this sort of season last season with you know bringing the youth through and um you know again the, the youth setup's been amazing at Holbeach and some of the players coming through are going to be very very good players um it just hasn't quite worked um which is a shame
0: yeah as you said you've been uh, a few times this season to watch and I've uh, done commentary on them a few times and apart from maybe the other occasion for example yesterday they only lost 3-2 but uh, let's say quite a lot of the time it's not like they're losing one or two nils. they are losing quite Heavily, I mean, you've been the manager at that club. I mean, what do you say to the players after games like that in the dressing rooms at full time?
1: It's, it's. I mean, it's really hard. I've not, been, I've not been in that position, for, you know. Fortunately, in, in the sense of, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had a, um, a a result where we've we've lost by by that amount of goals as such. Um, but it, again, it's 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 a really hard one as a manager because you, you know you're trying to improve the side and i think with with any local club and with facilities and whether it's you know it's getting people to train in to to try to build um build on where the errors are and probably where that sort of frailty is within the sides Um, it's about keeping young players heads up and saying you know it's a learning it's a learning curve it's experience and although losing by Quite big numbers in a sense you've got to take the positives from that and say you know remember these sorts of times because they're not always going to be like that you know you are going to get better and we are going to start improving I think um, I think it's Danny Danny Clifton's coming now and you know the results yes they, they are still sort of obviously losing but the, the results are a lot closer in, in in scoreline as you said yesterday you know I was watching it on on Twitter because I obviously take a an interest in the local sides um, and you know, to see that there was—I think there was—three nil down and come back to three two. You know that that shows that shows fighting spirit. And I wasn't at the game, so I'm, I'm assuming from from reading the, uh, the the scores coming through that you know the, the guys didn't give in and they kept going and going. And I think if they keep that mentality and the, the, the manager keeps trying to instill that positivity and that trust and and, and improve where they're they're, they're probably weak you know, they can only get better. So it's, it's a really hard one, Tom, you know, to, to sort of, to keep people's players' um, confidence in, in in check when, you, when you're when you getting beatings like that, because it does hit you and it hits you as a manager as well. So it's going to be really hard.
0: So you've mentioned they've got a lot of youth players this season. I think they've had three managers as well. they had Phil Barnes, he brought a couple in. Gary Frost, he was the second one. He brought a few in as well. And now Danny Clifton's doing the same. I mean, Despite where Holbeach are in the league, those youth players definitely have a lot of potential, and especially considering that well, I'm seventeen, uh, some of them are not that older than me. It's still a really good opportunity for them to get a real taste of men's football.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I mean, going back to when to when I was when I was younger, you know, I started playing sort of Holbeach first team when I was when I was sixteen. Um, and we're probably in a similar position now, where there was a lot of local local lads were, were, were playing. You know, you had a, you know, a, a, I mean, a, me at 16, you had a, a very, very young Dean Elston and a, a very young Andy Gray and um, Steve Oddie Barnes, if you, you've, you've possibly heard of, who was a year older than me, coming through and playing in the, in the first team. Um, you know, and we, we won some, we lost some. Um but the you know the experience you gain from playing as a, as a young lad it, it really it really does support you because that eighteen to that eighteen to men's football is a massive massive jump if you think about sort of maturity and development as a as a physicality piece and and also as a mentality piece so you know where where you play with um, more experienced players and again I was I was lucky to be able to play with some really really good experienced players as a young lad in lots of my sort of sides that I played with you know ex pros and very good non league players you you improve and you gain and you learn and you take on and you develop and you know if anything comes from that from this season these these guys and these young lads need to take that development on and and learn from that and you know hopefully you know come come next season depending on where holwich are whether they stay in the league or they they they, they they're relegated they don't know what the league's um position are on that at the moment um you know they need to build on that and then you know try to bring in some 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 more experienced players some more local players if they if they come back and and gain that gain that experience with that sort of i suppose that spine of a of of an experienced team with the with with, with the younger lads coming through are very very good and will develop further
0: Yeah, as you say about um, next season, I mean, I think we can both say it's nearing a fall, but confirm they will probably get relegated. And with a season like it's been this time, I mean, how would you approach
1: next season? it's a really i mean if, if they are if they are relegated I, I mean obviously I'm, I'm i'm hoping they're not but as you said league league positions states that and unfortunately that, that's what happens um that they'll obviously drop into i'm assuming division one um which blackstones and, and, and born are in at the moment and you know that, that's a really hard league as well because there's some really good sides in that league that you know again financially can probably facilitate a, a good a good weekly wage bring bring in good players and try to push push for that sort of promotion back into the premiership. And when you look at the lights of Bourne who are a very big non-league side and Blackstones who are an amazing local side to where I live, a great setup. You know, and you see that they're struggling in that league, it just shows you that, you know, you need to you need to build pretty much a side that that has that experience of of, of premier football, as in UCL Premier Football, with some of these younger lads coming through and try and find that happy balance and that and that um that, that pathway for these guys to, to still come through and play and develop, but with that experienced spine of a team where you've got the, the, the experienced guys being able to talk to the younger lads and, and, and make sure that they're, if anything, that 100% effort is always there. So it's, it's, that, it's that fine balance, I think, of, of, of having that experience and that youth.
0: And you could say if they do get relegated into Division 1, there is a hell of a lot more travelling as well. I mean, in the Premier Division North, you've only got to go to Lincolnshire, Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire and on the other occasion Leicestershire. I mean, this time it's going, in Division 1, it's going to back how the old uh, United Counties League Premier Division was, like teams in Cambridgeshire and Northamptonshire. I mean, would you think that would affect the players to a certain point as well?
1: Um, it, I mean, yeah, it, it may do because, again, you know, <sighs> When, when again, we're going back to when we were younger, travelling never really bothered us because we just wanted to play football, whereas I think in today's world, you know, players do look at travelling and if you look at, again, at the moment with, with the crisis of fuel and et cetera, et cetera, there's, there's always cost involved, you know, cost to clubs, you know, which which is cost to players dependent on what's paid out as a, as a club, whether it's in expenses and, uh, you know, financial support in that sense. So, yeah, there is always that that sort of, that piece in there and the the traveling does probably play a part in that and when you're looking at sort of taking players you know as managers you you have a a pool of players that you know within a certain area um and and if you're going away from that area you're having then to look at those sorts of players in in another area and it's very hard if you haven't got them contacts uh
0: so Let's take it back to when you was at Holbeach. Then, I mean, you played there and managed there. I mean, talk us through your time as a player and a manager at Carter's Pup.
1: Um, Yeah, so I mean, I, I was I was um, I was born born at Boston, and obviously lived in Holbeach. So I was I was sort of grew up as a as a child at, 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 in Holbeach. So I played for the Holbeach youth team. Um, pretty much throughout my, my my development um you know played with the likes of sort of Ollie barnes and um some 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 good some good lads uh, in that sense so i went from sort of under 11s all the way through to pretty much under 18s um i had a little break in between Holbeach where i went and played for a team called ajax in spalding um they had a had an amazing um You've set up, um, which was run um, against some very good players, and we, we put a side together that was, um, I suppose, in a sense locally was quite a quite a, sort of deemed as a dream as a dream team. The likes of Andy Stano, myself, um, Nick Conroy, um, a few a few lads from Peterborough who who went on to do to do very well in football, um, and then that was sort of under 15s. I think we pretty much won won everything, and then I sort of went back into into Holbeach and sort of went into. Under-18s is where I started then to sort of go into, into first-team football um, under a guy called Mick Jones, who was a, um, a manager there years and years ago, who I believe was ex Millwall um, um, and Chelsea. Um, and again, you know, great great experience um, as a kid going into that. Um, and then played a lot of my um, adult life at whole Beach with obviously a few sort of tours elsewhere. Um but uh, Holbeach has always been for me my my club. It's my my local town. Um, I know obviously a lot of people, a lot of people that were at the club when I was a child are still there now, doing an amazing job for the club. Um, and it, it's it's a special place in that sense.
0: So when you got offered the job as Holbeach United manager, I guess it was um, definitely a one answer answer.
1: Yeah, do you know it was it was. Um, it was it was really strange because obviously I was at Stanford um, as assistant manager with Graham Drury. Um, and you know, as, as clubs go locally, and I'm sure you, you've probably been there, Tom, and seen the setup, it's an amazing, it's an amazing place to, to go and play football. And Stanford are a, a very, very good side, well run. Graham's a great manager. Um, you know, and, and I was I was there for sort of two and a half seasons and you know, went Went to the FA Cup first round where we, you know, we, we beat Wrexham and then went to play Hartlepool. Um, and I got to the point where my work um, was getting busy. Um, Graham needed sort of Tuesday and Thursday training. So I decided that I needed to take a break. So sort of Christmas time, um, me and Graham spoke and we sort of did the transition over where I sort of came out and, and somebody else came in. Um, and then I was going to take a break, Tom. I was like, you know, I need to sort of concentrate on my work. I, I'd left the prison service, gone into sort of private corporate security work, which is, you know, busy. Um, and I thought I, I can't really get involved. And then Tim um, Tim Cole rang me um, and said that Seb had just um, resigned. Seb Hayes had just resigned from Holbeach, Beach. Um, and that there they was really interested in, um, in, in me, obviously, interviewing for the, for the job as the first team manager. Um, and I was actually sitting in Ask, Italian, with my wife and two kids, talking about how nice it's going to be at the weekend to have breaks and to go to go and do things together. Um, so I sort of broached the subject straight away when Tim came off the phone to me and said, "I've oh, just had a really interesting offer," and I'm like, "What do I do?" Um, so obviously I, I went and interviewed um, for the job because I thought I needed to. It's it's a club that I've I've played for, um, I've grown up at, uh, and I just. Needed to go and do that interview. Luckily, um, they accepted me as the, as a first team manager, and you know that was that was that really.
0: So you, as we've said, you've played there and managed there. I mean, would you say you've had some of your greatest moments in football at
1: Holbeach? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say success wise, probably not. Um, I think probably I had more success at. Uh, at, the, at our local local rivals, Bolton, which is probably a sore point for Old Beach Old Beach fans listening to this, um, and, and and obviously Stamford, um, and also Wisbeach um as, as as a player, um, and and in, even in the sense as a manager, I don't think you know many people will get to the first round of the FA Cup as a as a manager in non-league football, so or an assistant manager. So that's you know something that's on my CV that I'm really proud of. But with Holbeach playing with playing with all my friends. Um, playing with some really really good players, playing with the local support that seems growing up as kids, is special. And the place itself, and playing playing against you know sides, good sides where where we had good sides, and we've we've got everybody in the you know in the shed end there, all sort of chanting and singing, and uh, the atmosphere it, it, that they're special memories for me. And yes, we did win. You know, we did win certain Cups and League Cups and links Cups and things like that, which are great. But I wouldn't say it's probably my most successful time as a, as a player or, or, well, more so as a player, really.
0: So we will go back uh, to that in a or in a few minutes' time when we go into your career as a player. But you've also been manager at Deepin, you've been a assistant manager at Spalding and Stamford. I mean, talk us through your time as a manager and a coach from the beginning.
1: Yes, so I went. I went into um, uh, deep in deep in ranges. Really, I think was my first sort of stint as a as a player player sort of assistant manager under um, under a guy who's a really good friend of mine called Pat Raymond, who's who is an ex uh, ex pro um, at Peterborough and had a really good non league c- career. Um, I was at Blackstones as a as a well. I actually signed for Blackstones when I moved to Stamford. Um, it was really between Holbush and Blackstones, but again, just because I've moved to Stamford, I thought it's it's closer to home. Um, and I got a really bad, uh, really bad injury playing for Blackstones. I literally played twenty minutes, to come back from a knee operation, I got back in the side, and basically had my face, uh, eye socket, um, cheekbone, uh, and nose fractured quite badly um, to the point where I had to have quite a lot of sort of plates and pins and things put into my face. I was told then that I shouldn't really play football again because a bang on my face could could basically, you know, um, detach the plates, etc., etc. So I was like quite young, I suppose, in the sense I was fit and able to play football still, early mid thirties. And Pat got the the deeping job and and, uh, offered me the sort of the coaching role, but I still wanted to play, even though I was told I wasn't allowed to. So. Um, so that was my first stint, really, going in as sort of an assistant manager and a, as a player. And I think, as that conduit, as a player, you still had them contacts where Pat didn't have the contacts. So, where uh, I could go into a lot of the players that I knew from Peterborough, from, from you know, from Sleaford, from, from Holbeach, um, to bring in quite a good side, um, where Pat was obviously um, a very good, knowledgeable footballing guy in that sense. So, that was our first stint. And I think we ended up finishing fourth in a really in a really hard league. That was when sort of Long Bookby we were flying and doing really well. And um, I think Kingsley were in the league with Setch was managing Kingsley and they had obviously a budget that, you know, you could only wish to have. Um, and I think they went on to win the league. Um, and we ended up finished fourth in that league, which was really good. So that was my my first stint, I suppose, as as, um, as a sort of a coach player. Um, and then I went over to um Holding, I think it was. I'm just trying to think back. God, it was so many years ago. Um, I went, I went over to Spalding then. So again, uh, Andy Stanley was manager then, and I was again, I was still playing. You know, probably shouldn't have been, but I was. Um, and um, obviously, I played with Stan um, for years and years as a kid. Um, so we knew each other really well. And he said, "Look, you know, just come in and and, and play, play for us." So I did. And then Stan, unfortunately, got um, um, got got released. Um, and and you know, Pat Pat got um, Pat went for the job and got it, um, and then obviously I came as assistant manager from there onwards. So that was a, a good sort of two and a half three years at, at Spalding where we had a lot of success. We had a, a really good side, probably again you know looking at Kings Lynn back in them days. We were in that position where we had a, hmm. a very very good budget. Um, I won't lie, um, and we managed to bring in some some very very good high profile players. Um, that, that, that got us you know to win leagues and cups and that so that was really really successful um, and then um, yeah and then I, I sort of I sort of packed up um, Marcus Ebden and Pat took it on for a bit further I had a season out where I decided to do the the London Marathon because um, my mum had, uh, had basically got uh, breast cancer and I wanted to do something to to, to raise money to support the um, the breast cancer. Um, foundation so i said i needed to train and get my head into that because if i do something i have to go in full sort of full steam full steam ahead um, got that out of the way um, and then yeah that was my my sort of stint in in, in managing before i sort of went into stanford
0: so you've uh so you've played for quite a few clubs as well i mean let's go back to the beginning as a whole now i mean how did you get into football
1: again, I mentioned I mentioned sort of Oddie Barnes, Steve, Steve Barnes. Um got quite friendly with Steve um when I was younger. Um and I wasn't really supporting any football teams at the time, but I remember it's sort of 80 81, 82, I think it was. God I sound really old when I say that. Um 1981, 82, and um Spurs were in the cup final. Um and Steve um, had a Spurs kit on and I was like, I want to be a Spurs fan because I-, I like the kit and they're in the cup final. Um, so I started to play football quite a lot, got into football really, because I was sort of hanging around with, with Odie Barnes and, and playing football with him. So that sort of got my, my love for the game. Unfortunately for my dad, he was a massive Chelsea fan, so he was... You know, like, what are you doing sporting Spurs? And I'm, I'm probably thinking that now after last night's result, but uh, hey ho. Uh-huh. Um, and then really from, from there onwards, you know, that, that was my sort of um opening into Holbeach. Um, I went and played in under, I think, under 11s. Um, and I was actually a left winger, believe it or not. I was, um, I was, I was really quick, um, and quite direct, um, uh, like an old school winger, I suppose, in them days. Um, I used to score quite a lot of goals. Um, and sort of went through my, my youth playing um, playing for Holbeach, sort of getting into, um, into the county teams for the school, um, sort of playing probably a year above the, 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 my age group at the time, and um, that sort of went through um, all the way through. I so said I had that little stint with IAPS um, at sort of under 15 levels, still playing county levels. Um, went through the the England trials and remember listening to Shorey actually. It's very sort of similar to him. I got through to, I think it's like the last sort of 90 at Lillishall, um, but obviously wasn't good enough. Um, and, um, you know, disappointingly sort of uh, came away from that, but great experience and carried on playing through um, with Holbeach and um, then. Lincoln City um sort of was watching a couple of games at county level and sort of approached me and said we'd like to take you over to to Lincoln City um so you know me and my dad had that that conversation and decided to to give it a go it was under 16 level I think so just a year before you'd go into what what was called then the YTS days so um I went I went um, and played for, for Lincoln City then so sort of left Holbeach in that sense just due to having to give that commitment to Lincoln. Um and and bless my dad he took me everywhere. Um, you know, we went up to it's northern league, so we went up to you know Middlesbrough to Sheffield Wednesdays to Newcastle. It was a lot of travelling, but you know, he took me everywhere, bless him. Um and um, sort of had uh, had two seasons there, really enjoyed it, just wasn't quite Quite good enough to go through to um, the next part of that YTS. Um, so, came away, went back into enjoying my football again at Holbeach. But at that time at Lincoln, I got reverted from a left winger to a centre half. Um, Keith Alexander, who you've probably heard of, who was the youth team manager at the time, sort of said, I want to see the lad play at centre half because. If I'm honest, as a, as a left winger, as you get older and people get quicker and bigger and stronger, yeah. your your direct running of going past players then that, that's your only one trick pony was 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 sort of wearing thin, I suppose. So um, I then started to sort of ply my trade at centre half whilst at Lincoln, and you know maybe that's my downfall is that I didn't play centre half as a as a kid and 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 sort of work my way through that sense to see whether that would have made any difference. Um, so I went back to to Holbeach, um, took up that centre half role because I thought that was my best position, and I, I enjoyed playing it because again I could head the ball, I I was quick on the turn, and you know I loved to tackle, um, which uh, you know suited the whole the Holbeach philosophy in that sense, um, and that's really you know where I sort of um, went through my, my youth career really with with those sorts of um, interesting sort of pathways um, that deviated off away from Holbeach.
0: So you've played for Holbeach. You've also said you played for Woods Beach. Is there any other clubs you played for?
1: Yeah. So, so obviously Holbeach. Um, then I left Holbeach and I went to Stanford. Um, so when Steve Evans was managing Holbeach, uh, um, he he took um, he got the Stanford job and took myself, um, Dean Nelson, uh, and Andy Gray over to to Stanford. Um, and I had sort of two. I think it's two, two and a half seasons there and played with, you know, played with some really good players. Um, you know, Mickey Jean, Dave, uh, Bennett, Dave Speedy, ex Chelsea, Liverpool, um, Daley Thompson, um, some really Milton Graham, some really, really good players. And as I was going back before saying about playing with those experienced players as a young lad benefits you to improve you. Um, so I went from Stanford, then I went to, to Corby town. Pat Raymond was playing at Stanford at the time and he went over to Corby and a guy called Ian Benjamin, who's, uh, Again, ex, ex-pro South Southend Peterborough um, took the Corby Town job. And um, it was a league above, and I thought I, I wanted to give it a go. Um, it's another league higher, um, just to test myself. So I went to Corby, um, played in uh, in their side, again, played with some really good players, really good league. Um, and then I got into the prison service. And um, when I started the, the prison service, unfortunately, my, my weekends became... Um, quite scarce so I had to sort of work one weekend in two. So every other weekend. So that meant I couldn't sort of play the levels. So um, I dropped down and played for a team called War Boys who were then in the Juice and Prem. Um, and I was sort of guaranteed a game when I wasn't playing. So you know and obviously a little bit of money to sort of support that. And I thought well that's that's great for me because I can still play a, a decent enough standard as well as obviously continue to, to work. Um, so that that sort of stayed as it was until I I started to sort of get um, um, my my weekends off um, from the prison service, and in the meantime, I I, I managed to play um, for the prison national side. So um, I've sort of got sixty, I mean, I got sixty caps for, for England in that sense, playing for the prison service, which is a, you know again a great achievement for me. Um, got awarded with a um, a cap, you know, with the 50, 50 sort of appearances. Uh, went all over the world um, playing football, um, but went from Warboys. Um, I'm trying to think where I went to then. I think I may have gone to back to Hole Beach, I think, and and then played under Sean Keeble at Hole Beach. Um, again, had had some good seasons there, where I sort of won um, sort of players, player, um, supporters, player, and um, managers, player. Um, it just sort of, I think, I was coming into my prime. I was probably twenty. God, probably early twenties, mid twenties. Um, and then, and then moved on from there, went to, went to Whizbeach, um, had a season at Wisbeach under Dick Creasy. Um, and we had a really good FA Cup run, ended up going to Fleetwood, um, and playing Fleetwood when they was in the non-league, um, pyramid. Um, and we, we lost, we lost the game, but again, I had a really good run to get into the first round as a player. Um, and then sort of, sort of did stints at Spalding, um deep in, um, and obviously Stanford, you know, which is uh, which is probably um i no, sort of mentioned Stanford. Sorry I sort of mentioned Stanford. That's probably my my stint really um deep in as a as a player coach. Um yeah and that's probably it. So we mentioned
0: this about 10 minutes ago. I mean what would you say is your best moment in football as a player and then as a as a coach.
1: As a player um, representing my country, I think um, mm. even though it's 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 within the prison service, the, the standard was was really good. Um, we, we were I was playing with some really good good players, playing against some really really good players um, in different like, army, um, you know, navy, RAF. Going abroad, playing against you know players in America, Czech Republic. So that that would probably be my 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 biggest achievement from a. A footballing perspective and then alongside that would be the you know the fa cup runs that you go on with whiz Beach where we you know we got to you know the the last qualifying round first round of the fa cup um as a player i think if you if you get to that sort of stage in your in your footballing career then um it's it's definitely a, an achievement uh yeah i've won i've won some leagues you know won the ucl uh won a few cups but i don't think they for me, they don't they don't sit as well as like you know the the FA Cup runs and sort of representing your country. So, who would you say is the best player you've played with and then against? Um, I mean, played played with. Um, there's there's probably a couple. I mean, I love playing with, with Dean Elston, and I know Jamie mentioned that. Probably he was one of the players that he you know hated playing against. But that's why I love playing with Dean, because um, I knew that I couldn't I couldn't have a day where if I wasn't fancying playing or I wasn't quite up for it, that I'd get away with it with Dean. Uh, he would be into me. Um, so he kept me on my toes and, and developed me as a player, looked after me as a friend, looked after me as a player. Um, so locally, for the Stamford and Holbeach sort of times that we had together, you know, I'd have to say Dean. And I think probably going away from that... Um, I played with um, a guy called Mickey Jin, um, who used to won the FA Cup again against Spurs in 1987, which uh, uh, we, we spoke a lot about. Um, and he was obviously coming to his end of his playing days, but the guy was was an absolute genius on the ball. You know, you could give him the ball five or ten yards away in front of you, with players around him, and he just wanted to play. You know. Um, Back to their goal, he'd keep the ball. It was just an unbelievable player. And playing on the pitches that you can imagine non-league pitches were in them days compared to playing on probably Wembley and Spurs pitches and Coventry pitches that he probably had played on and still wanted to play on, on those sorts of pitches. It, it was and, and a lovely, lovely guy off the pitch, you know, was, was always there, available to chat to you, have time with you, it was a really good guy. So I'd probably say um Mickey Jinn and, and Dean Elson.
0: So who would you say is the best player you've played against?
1: Um, Played against? Now, I remember, I'd have to just mention his name just because I played against him. It was like an honest play against him. I played against Luther Blissett when he played for Newmarket Town. Now I only played against him the once, but just to play against him was was you know an amazing mm. achievement. Again, as a young lad to play against a, a guy who played facing Milan and uh, Watfords and was a was a legend in his in his own right. But I think going back into local football, where season on season you're playing against these players, that there's a few really I'd have to say um, Dave Scottney, who, who's uh, you know a local guy of Boston, um, played at Bourne um was was a an absolute handful scored loads and loads of goals always had to be on the toes of him um Steve Coon who I played with at Stamford uh, played against him a lot me and Dean used to have some really good battles with him um and then the guys over at Newport Pagnell, um two guys one called Darren Lynch and one called Darren Dykes who played together from and, and and again an absolute an absolute handful um really good guys off the pitch but on the pitch, as, as we all did, we wanted to win. We'd go into tackles. If he wasn't on your game, they would they would, they would would just absolutely annihilate you. So I would say that they're the guys, really.
0: So I am going to ask you uh, one more question before we go on to the football quiz. And this is going away from Lincolnshire for a bit. So you say you supported Spurs. And I think we can all agree they haven't been the most consistent team this season. But there is another team which has been up and down as well, which is my team at Manchester United. I mean, they started off with Solskjaer and they sacked him and they now have Ralph Radnick, who has never managed in the Premier League before this. I mean, they aren't doing a lot better under him. So my question to you is, was it the right decision to appoint Ragnick as the interim manager when you can probably guess the Man United board knew not much would probably change under him?
1: No, I, I i think it's a i think it's a bad move knowing that again it's an interim it's an interim post, and i think as players uh, I, I don't i don't yes these guys get paid thousands and thousands of, of 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 pounds to play football so that that professionalism again is a is a massive step above what we 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 would ever do, however you know if you know that this guy isn't going to be be there for for the long term. And at the moment with, with Manchester United, I think it's probably deeper rooted than just the manager and the players, if I'm honest. Um, But, but me, me personally, no, I would have probably looked. Now, you know, when you're looking at probably at the time, I think Conte may have been available um, or could have been available. If Manu would have probably acted a bit sooner with, with, with Solskjaer and hadn't sort of given him that, um, um, loyal, loyal piece that they did, you know, they could have probably ended up with, with Conte, um, and I think you know we'd both agree that if you was looking at you know who, who would you have taken on board, you'd have took Conte every day. And for us to get him um, was, was brilliant. So I don't think it's a good it's a good move, Tom. If I'm honest, I think there's there, there, there's probably a, a time where they should have maybe looked and had a um, proactive approach to what manager available, what will suit that Manchester philosophy that you know um, Alex Ferguson had sort of. Brought in, um, but they, they've, they've they've just lost their way, haven't they? And yeah. uh, I, I certainly, I certainly think that that Rani is not the, the the right the right manager. And I, you know, again looking at the game yesterday, you take Ronaldo out of that side last night, and we'd have probably beat you. You know, it was exactly. uh, it was a class a class performance from him, and, and he won you that game, didn't he? You know, so
0: exactly. I mean, look when you think of an interim manager, you don't really. You, I mean, I think it's the fact with well, this is what I think anyway. In my opinion, I don't think you should. Appoint an interim manager when you're not even really halfway through the season yet. I mean, Solskjaer got sacked in November when you're not even halfway. In my opinion, you should appoint an interim manager just after halfway through the season, just to get you through the end of the season. But I think my point is that they hired someone who probably didn't know a lot about the club, who had never managed in the Premier League. I think there were better options you could have as an interim manager, like someone who knew the club well, like, you know, when Solskjaer came in, but does not appoint them as full
1: time manager. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think um I, I think they've they've probably rushed it. I, I, you know, as I say, I think it's long it's longer rooted, deeper rooted than just than just the players and the the, the manager. I think, you know, the the board piece is probably let you down. Um, and I can speak speak as a Spurs fan saying that the board piece lets you down because you know we, we say that Spurs fans every season. Um it's more run as a business than than a, than a football inside, and I suppose in the sense it has to be. Um but I think man Man you um need to probably look at that that board piece, get that, get that right, and then from there onwards they 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 drip feed that down into that, that philosophy of where do they want to go you know how they want to build this side back up to being a a great um a great global brand that man united are and at the moment you know we we read you know we read social media we we all have our little digs at at, at each other with clubs and and that you know united at the moment are are a side that i i wouldn't i wouldn't be concerned about playing um as a you know as a as a spurs fan um even though Spurs being Spursy, you know, as always, they they lost the game last night. But you know, if you're going to Man United now, you're not thinking, "Crikey, we're going to Man United and playing playing a Sir Alex Ferguson side." We're going to Man United and playing a Ralph Rangit side. Whereas if you go into Liverpool and you're playing a a Klopp side or you're playing a Pep side at Man City, you know, unless it's the one-off Spurs sort of results that are you know uh, (laughs) are quite quite good for us, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you don't expect to get anything from it, do you? But you can't say that for United at the moment. Exactly.
0: I mean, look, I don't think you can really blame Ram for it either. I mean, there's one game which really sticks out to me is that in the FA club against Middlesbrough, he played the strongest lineup possible, apart from Dean Henderson, who played in goal that night. And I think a lot of it is the players. I mean, they're all just there for themselves,
1: I think. I imagine you probably think the same, probably with a lot of clubs as well. Yeah, I think think you're right. I think... um... You know they spent some some silly money on players that, that I think are average, um, are average premiership players. You know, lots of Maguire, um, 80, 70, 80 million. You know, w- w- why? You know, Yapstam, Rio Ferdinand's, um, got name, name the, name the great Man United centre eyes that you've had. You know, and, and you've got players in there that are not, are not, probably not a Man United player. I don't think, as you said, they're playing as a as a team, I think, I don't think, if I'm honest, I don't think Ronaldo's um, a, a good influence on the team. Uh, yeah, people yeah. may disagree with that. But uh, yeah, it'd be great for probably shirt sales and great for scoring the odd hat trick here and there when he wants to play. But it's not a consistent uh, approach because Man United needs to play in a way that he unfortunately probably doesn't play. So I think you're absolutely right. I think players aren't playing um, for the team that they're probably playing for themselves as and when they want to. And then you look at a well drilled Man- Manchester City side. Uh, who played you the week before and you know no disrespect to, to United it was it was quite embarrassing to, 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 to watch you know um in, in the in the sort of the, the class of city and the you know the lack of that in in, in the United side um and the, the it's the amount of work off the ball that these sides do the Liverpool's the cities even to the to appoint Spurs now even though they haven't got the quality that Liverpool and city got the off the ball running now and that work that they put in that these managers, um, expect and that's no different in non-league. You know that's one thing that I always, I always said. I don't care whether you make a bad pass or you you do something wrong with the ball. It's what your recovery is afterwards. And if you don't give me that recovery and you don't help your mates out, you'll hear me on the sidelines. And I don't think United do that at the moment, mate.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And with Ronaldo, I mean, I was saying to my dad this morning, who actually is a Chelsea fan. Um, I said to him that I won't be so, so surprised if even if we do get top four, which is I'm not. I think it's unlikely that we will even know we are for. But I think if, even if we do, I can see still see Ronaldo leaving. I don't think that'd even be a bad thing for the club.
1: No, I don't. I don't think he would. And I think whoever comes in now as as that manager, whether it's Potch or you know whoever it is that comes in, I think they need to have time to rebuild. I think they need to get rid of, um, and they need to have a philosophy of this is what we want to do and. You know, Man United are still a massive club. Players want to play for Man United, but they need to have that right structure from the board down into the manager and that philosophy of this is how we want to go. This is what we want to do and this is how we're going to get there. And until they do such things as that, I don't think, um, you know, United will will, will be that that force that they they always have been and we all expect them to be. Anyway,
0: we are going to uh, move on before I say something I shouldn't do at that, Man United. So we're going to to go on to the usual bit, what we do right at the end, which is the football pub quiz. So at the end of each podcast, the guest takes on five questions on Lincolnshire football, mainly the United Counties League, and then five on football general knowledge. So Danny, are you up for taking the challenge on?
1: After listening to Shaw and get 100%, I'm I'm a bit nervous, but I will give it a go and uh, see where we get.
0: As you said, um, uh, Jamie Shaw, who was on the podcast, I think a few weeks ago now, he got 10 out of 10 in one minute and 21. So that is the time to beat. But it was also no pressure as we have not had a score as low as uh, 7 out of 10 yet. And the lowest score, in fact, is actually Darren Traps, who I know you know quite well as well. He got 7 out of 10 in two minutes and 47 seconds. So. There's not a lot of pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I said, there's five questions on football general knowledge and five questions on um, uh, Lincolnshire football as well. So, I'll start okay. the clock and I'll start when you're ready.
1: Yeah, when, whenever you're ready. So, the time starts
0: now. Which team play at Dickens Road? Um, cool, that's a good question. Um, this is Lincolnshire football, by the way. Lincolnshire. Oh, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Pass. Uh, who is the manager of Skegness Town?
1: Um oh. shouldn't I play against him? Oh God, what's his name? Um, Nathan. Knife, knife, knife. Uh,
0: Collins. Uh, question three: Jacob Penton plays for which team? Uh, Sleaford. Question four: Which team beat Deeping Rangers four two on match day one?
1: Um. Oh.
0: Loughborough. I don't know Loughborough. Uh, question five: The nickname "The Knights" is the nickname of which team? I think it's Pageback. Uh, question six: uh, uh, Question six to ten on football general knowledge. So, question six: Which team is currently seventeenth in the Premier League, just above the relegation zone? Oh God,
1: um, that's a good question. Um, is it Everton Uh,
0: question 7 Nottingham Forest face which team in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup next weekend that's Liverpool Uh, question 8 which League 1 team plays at Adams Park oh good question um
1: as Adams Park. Is
0: it? Is it Wickham? Wickham. Question nine. Which league uh, do Rochdale play in? Rochdale Pro League um, League two. And question ten. The Cobblers is the nickname of which League two team? That's Northampton. So you did that in two minutes and 46 seconds. So we will go through through the answers now. So question one, which team plays at Dickens Road? You did pass on this one. The answer is Harrowby United, who play in Division One. Uh, Question two, who is the manager of Skegness Town? The answer, Nathan Collins. You got that one correct. Uh, Question three, Jacob Fenton plays for which team? Uh, you said um, Sleaford Town, which is correct. Question four, which team beat deep in Rangers 4 2 on match day one? You said Loughborough. The answer was Boston Town. Uh, question five, the Knights is the nickname of which team? The answer, Pinchbeck United. You got that one right. So, uh, question six to 10 was on football general knowledge. Question six, which team is currently 17th in the Premier League? The answer, Everton, which is correct. Question seven Nottingham Forest faced which team in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup? The answer was Liverpool, which you got correct. Question eight Which League One team plays at Adams Park? And you got this one in the end. The answer Wickham Wanderers, which is correct. And then question nine Which league do Rochdale play in? The answer League Two, which was also correct. And question ten The Cobblers is a nickname of which League Two team? The answer Northampton Town, which is correct. So you got five out of five. On the football general knowledge, then you've got um, three other ones right on the Lincolnshire ground. So overall, you've got eight out of ten, which isn't a bad score at all.
1: Just shows you I'm uh, I'm out, I'm out of the game a bit too a bit too long with the links ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you did that in eight. Uh, so yes, you said, so as I said, you did that in two minutes and forty six seconds, which means you actually do go into fourth in the leaderboard, which is still not a bad as at all. Lovely, brilliant. I'm, I'm happy with that. It's good. So uh, once again, uh, Danny, thank you for coming on the podcast. There is one thing Darren has actually asked me uh, to ask you. Did you know that you are the uh, <laughs> uh, you are the uh, one of the only uh, commentators to see the only nil-nil draw we've covered on uh, Lincolnshire Radio when you filled in for me when Holbeach drew with Pinchbeck 0-0? Yeah. Do you, do you know what? Yeah, I, I remember that it
1: was a lovely day, and you know, the best player on the park that day,
0: Dean Elston. Yeah, I heard it. unbelievable. Well. <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. Yes, yeah, unbelievable. So we haven't actually had a nil-nil draw since then. Unbelievable. So unbelievably. So uh, as I said, thank you, uh, Danny, for coming on. Any final words?
1: No, no, thank you. Um you you and Darren are saying, you know, you do an amazing job. I know, I know the guys um give you lots of praise and it's thoroughly deserved. I think it's um it's been a great thing for the local football. So yeah, please continue and uh, and pass my uh, regards on to Darren.
0: So, um, we do have some upcoming commentaries to tell you about on Lincoln non Radio. This Wednesday, 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 the 16th of March, Darren will be joined by Lewis good as they'll be at Sleaford Town versus the Sainty Nomads. Then next week, on the 19th of March, I'll be leading the game will be joined by my dad as co-commentator as we will do Boston Town versus Eastwood in the United Counties League, Premier Division North. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll announce our games for April. And plus, next week's guest on the podcast will be announced on Twitter earlier or in some time next week so once again thank you for danny for joining me today and thank you for everyone who has listened thanks for listening goodbye